I talked last week about our value being pushed on us by other people. And we talked about how God is the only one who actually has the authority to determine our value. And we talked about how making a decision on whose value we're going to live up to. We get to choose to live up to the value that's placed on us by others, or we can choose to live up to the value that God says we have, which is powerful because he thought we were so valuable. He let his own son be murdered on a cross for us. So we are very valuable, but I want to talk today about something that can happen if we're not careful as we're healing from the pain and the trauma from the past and the harmful uh, valuelessness that was put on us. And as you break free, you can fall into a trap. And I want to talk to you about that trap today. I'll talk to you in a minute. Welcome to the More Power Than You Think podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Scow. Renewing the mind is choosing to give our loyalty to thoughts and beliefs that align with scripture and casting down the thoughts that don't. In 2013, God took me, a suicidal bipolar woman, and radically changed and saved my life by teaching me to choose His thoughts above my own. My passion is to empower you with biblical, tactical, and scientific knowledge that will equip you to regain control of your thoughts so they stop controlling you. Regardless of circumstances and the messiness of life, claiming and applying the power God has given us to choose in 2 Corinthians 10.5 will lead to you living the abundant life that Christ intended, and it starts in the mind, one thought at a time. What I'm talking to you about today might ruffle some feathers, but I am talking to you about it from the perspective of Scripture. So if you're a listener and maybe you're new in your walk in the Bible, that means you might not know where these truths are coming from in Scripture, and so you might get ruffled. Because I'm going to talk about how resilience from overcoming adversity should not be in your face and 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 it should even be restrained and carried out in meekness and that might make some people really upset to hear. If we're going to behave like the Bible says, we're not going to match the world's behavior when they overcome adversity. In advertisements and movies and things like that, we get this portrayal and it's usually women that are are the ones in this character where they have had a traumatic past. And as they heal and overcome, they become masculine, forceful, angry, overpowering, aggressive in that resilience. And that doesn't match scripture. So again, I'm sure you can see how this could ruffle some feathers, but I'm just going to go ahead and teach it because I think it's important. And we really have to watch out for this um, aggressive spirit when we have overcome adversity. So helping ourselves recover from pain, trauma, or getting justice for a perpetrator should never empower us with pride, self-reliance, or vengeance. 
Although strength does come from overcoming adversity, that strength should be carried out in meekness with a strength that is restrained, not flaunted and rebellious. And maybe you have a misunderstanding of the what the word meekness means. I used to think it meant like cowardly or um, timid. But that's not what meek means. Meek means that someone actually has a great amount of power, but they are restraining themselves. They are not displaying that power. Jesus was called meek. He had tremendous power. And at any time, he could have called down legions of angels to rescue him from the soldiers that were going to take him to judgment. But he restrained his strength. That's called meekness. And so this strength that we have that comes from adversity needs to match that characteristic of Christ. It needs to be meek. Now, in this one short episode, it is impossible for me to address all the things that trauma involves. So if you're having a hard time on hearing what I'm going to say today, then just keep in mind, I can't cover all the bases in one episode, but I'll acknowledge, you know, I myself have been through trauma. I've been sexually abused. I've been bullied. There's been a long list of things that have happened in my life that I have had to overcome and decide to be resilient and live anyway. So I'm not speaking from somebody who's lived a sheltered life with no harm, no injustice. No, I'm I'm talking from a place of experience. And I had a choice as I healed to become boisterous and loud and and in everybody's face to prove that I'm strong now, or I could continue to try to match the characteristics of the Savior. So um, please know that I'm not trying to belittle anybody's pain or trauma that they've been through. Remember, this podcast is called More Power Than You Think, and it's all about taking responsibility for what we think in our mind. And so if we truly want to be like-minded with Christ in our resilience and overcoming, then you're going to want to hear what I have to say, right? Because you don't want to stray from being Christ-like. That's the whole point of my podcast, the anatomy of a Christ-like mind. So here we go. If the healing from trauma and freedom and self-improvement we are undergoing is not making us a better servant for Christ, then we are on the wrong path. Improvements to self should make us bear more of a resemblance to Christ. Having an armor-plated heart isn't the goal. Having a tender, teachable, forgiving heart is. Self-improvement should not make us rebellious but rather make us confident that because God's love and promises apply to us, man has no authority in determining our value. That's that's where the strength comes. That's where your healing comes is when we finally realize we do not have to be under the thumb. Now, physically, some of us might have to be under the thumb. Sometimes we can't escape the person that has us under the thumb, but our spirit does not have to stay under their thumb. Our strength should be coming from the revelation that through Christ, our spirit no longer needs to be held captive by man or the devil's lies. And that's the whole point of last uh, the episode before this was we were realizing that we could break free from the 
worthlessness that some people have put upon us. We don't have to live according to that profile that they've created for us. Reveling in self-reliance or our own ability or strength has no place in a Christ-centered life. Jeremiah 9.23 says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. And, you know, when we've overcome serious big traumas, it is easy for us to glory in our wisdom or glory in our might. But God says we're not supposed to do that. And in James 4, 6, God says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. We always should have a humble spirit. And remember, Jesus himself had tremendous power, but yet he was humble and clothed in meekness and humility. Now, I want to point out some signs that your healing journey probably needs some redirection. And again, I'm going to just say it again. If you're not interested in being in alignment with scripture, these things are going to make you mad. (laughs) Um, Because our culture wants these things and feels and our culture says that we have the right to behave this way when we've overcome adversity. But if your motive is to match scripture, then you're going to want to change these things when you recognize them. So often when we're healing, we can swing from one extreme to the other. So we maybe in our in our wounds and our trauma, we were people pleasing, but now we're to the point where we have no regard for man whatsoever. We don't care what anybody else thinks. It's all about you now. That doesn't match scripture. We can become loud and opinionated, taking over in our newfound strength and resilience, and that's not according to scripture. We can go from our powerless place that we used to be in while we were in that trauma to overpowering, overbearing, and aggressive, possibly forcing our opinions on others as if if you don't believe what I believe, then then I don't even have time for you. We can go from unexpressive, because often when we're in trauma, it's very hard to um, release emotions, even feel emotions, or even recognize emotions. But then we go to the other extreme of being loud and opinionated, and again, forcing our opinions on others. We can go from that place of self-doubt and worthlessness, as we were in our trauma, to being arrogant and proud. Nobody likes to be around that. Now, if you're a lady, sometimes it's our tendency when we're healing from the overpowering of someone else in our life on us, sometimes we can become masculine forceful or angry to prove our strength or our ability. And that's an extreme. And again, somebody could get mad. I'm not saying you can't lift weights or you can't do yard work and you can't do hard things that are physically hard or mentally hard or socially hard. I'm saying you can overdo it. You can go to the other extreme and become masculine, forceful, angry, to prove your strength or your ability to overcome adversity. If we are screaming our power and resilience and self-reliance to prove that we have overcome, no one will see Christ because we are in the way. Our forceful, rebel, aggressive resilience is not bearing Christ's resemblance. I once had a concern I mean, I have, I've had these concerns. I've had to examine myself to make sure, am I coming across this way? Because I have overcome a lot. I am extremely resilient and I have learned 
to not base my value on people because their opinion, as far as my value, is irrelevant. So I asked a man of God once, I said, I asked him something about, you know, am I a strong woman? Like, is that a bad thing? And he actually said, you know what? You're a woman of strength. And and that has a different connotation than a strong woman. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. Both can be fine. But I think what he was trying to point out is that when we see women in the Bible, um, like Esther and Ruth and, um, let me think, and, and the Nabal's wife, I can't think of her name right now, but they were women of strength, weren't they? So we can be women of strength while matching scripture, and we can be resilient while matching scripture. Okay, now the rest of this episode is going to have tons of scripture. Try not to let it be cliche. Our mission is different than the world's when it comes to healing from trauma. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, scripture says, He died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. When we put our trust in Christ and get saved, we have made a decision to not live for ourselves anymore. Let's read that again. He died for all that they which should that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And in John 3.30, it says, he must increase, but I must decrease. So remember, I said a moment ago, our tendency when we're healing from trauma can be, I'm only going to watch out for number one, me. <laughs> but that's not scriptural. Because we're supposed to act like Christ, and he was the most selfless person to have ever lived. First uh, Peter two twenty one and twenty four again reminds us of Christ's example. For even hereunto were ye called, you and me, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. We're supposed to match that example. Our trials give us the opportunity to model characteristics of the Savior. We are no different from the world if we go through adversity and come out yelling and screaming with our power that we now have, right? Our trials give us the chance to show people that no matter what our circumstances, life can still be beautiful. Life can still be gentle. For 2 Timothy 2.24 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Philippians 2.15, That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Ephesians 4.2, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Colossians 3.12, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Ask yourself, 
is how you're handling your reclaimed life, your life that in the past had trauma and that was held in the bondage of somebody else controlling your spirit or causing you harm or taking away your purity is how you're handling your resilience matching those characteristics that I just read. Gentle, patient, shining as a light, meek, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, humble, kind. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I didn't have this uh, verse written down, and I probably can only remember it as a song. It says, um, They that are slow to anger are better than the mighty. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. (laughs) What that verse is saying is that controlling our spirit is actually a, a manifestation of strength. It's that meekness that we were talking about. It's easy to let our emotions be boisterous, aggressive, overbearing, overpowering. But it actually takes great strength and power to restrain those emotions and feelings because it's not always appropriate to show them. Um, Philippians 2, 3 through 8. This is another example of Christ being selfless amidst injustice and evil. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, there's that power, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but here's the meekness, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, a thought just came to mind. Perhaps you're confused at the moment. Like, what does that mean? You're supposed to trust the people that hurt you. You're supposed to have no boundaries. No, not at all. And that's really a whole nother episode, right? Because that deserves a lot of attention. You know, forgiveness does not mean that you have to trust those that hurt you. It does mean that you are to forgive. It does mean that you're still supposed to love them, like in the love chapter in Corinthians. But no, you you do have to keep yourself safe. So that's an episode for another day. But I just wanted to mention that in case that was going through your mind. I'm not saying you have to expose yourself to harm continually. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that our spirit needs to match Christ. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So as you heal from the wounds caused by others, and as you reestablish your value according to what God thinks of you instead of what man thinks of you, you will have to closely monitor your motive and spirit if your goal is to match Christ's example then your newfound strength and resilience should be in alignment with Christ's meek and gentle spirit. In fact, let's look at the fruit of the spirit. These need to be reflected in our spirit as we recover and heal from trauma. And and before I read them, let me just acknowledge again, 
Healing from trauma is a hard road. I've been on it and I'm still on it. And so sometimes I get the victory and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm boisterous and I force my opinion on others. Sometimes I let my emotion of what I've been through get in the way of people seeing Christ. So again, there's there's no perfection here. Remember, we are on a road of sanctification, which is a process of becoming more like Christ, which will not be complete until we see him. So we do need self-compassion, self-compassion on ourselves as we learn to match Christ's example. So again, I said, let's look at the fruits of the Spirit. They need to be reflected in our spirit as we recover and heal from trauma. This is Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Are we displaying those things as we heal and become resilient from the trauma of our past or even the trauma of our, of our present? Now, I know it's Christmas time, but I just felt like I needed to not put a Christmas song at the end of this today. And I chose the song Broken and Spilled Out instead because it's a reminder of who we're living for and the sacrifice he made for us. And it's a commitment. The The first two verses are a commitment of our surrender to him. Surrender and forgiveness are hard to do. Meekness is difficult to display. Overcoming wounds others have caused is painful. But letting our focus stray from our wounds and instead focus on the Savior's sacrifice, surrender, and forgiveness for us should help us be willing to keep our spirit in alignment with Him as we recover from wounds of the past. This is a battle in the mind, definitely, but Jesus gives us the answer to this dilemma. In Hebrews 12, 2 through 3, it says, For who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And here's the part I want you to really listen to. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. So he's recognizing, look at that compassion in that verse. God is recognizing that your battle is weary and that you do have contradictions against you. But he's saying, if you compare your contradictions and what you've endured to what Christ has endured, you're going to not be weary and faint in your mind because we have not suffered more than Christ. And he said in scripture, we are to handle adversity in the same spirit as he did. And he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But beloved, we do not face this battle alone. He is with us every step of the way. You have scripture upon scripture upon scripture of provision that he provides for you, strength and comfort and grace and mercy as you navigate out of the pain of the past and for some of you, the present. And there's one more verse. I didn't have this in my notes, but one more verse. If you're continuing to be in that adversity and in that harm, because I know there are people that are, I know that, then how did Jesus endure the cross? He looked at the joy that was set before him. That's how he got through it. He looked ahead to the future 
the promise of eternity, of redeeming the whole world and being reunited with his Father. So sometimes as we heal, our only hope is the future of eternity. And But while we're here, we can still have that peace. It means what I'm saying is the suffering might continue around us or the grief or the sorrow. And so we may have to look to the future to for the time when it's going to be over. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't have peace now. And I'm not saying that we're not supposed to be like Jesus now. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the future holds such beauty, doesn't it? Well, I... I I'm open to hearing from you. You can always email me at jennifer at jenniferscow.com, and that's S-K-A-W, but you'll find that in the show notes. But anyway, here's that song, Broken and Spilled Out. Let's be broken and spilled out for him as he was for us. God bless you, my friend. We're going to end today's episode with a song from one of my albums. I pray that the song I've chosen for you today encourages you and comforts you. But more importantly, I pray that it unites you in fellowship and worship with your Savior. Thank you for tuning in and connecting with me. I'm your host, Jennifer Scow. And until we meet again, I want to encourage you to invite God to everything and keep choosing loyalty to God's thoughts above your own. Please remember to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. This drives Apple to show the podcast to more of our brothers and sisters in Christ who can then get the tools they need to get the victory in the battle for the mind. It is a pleasure serving with you and fighting this battle of the mind together. We are on the winning side. Praise the Lord. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Love, Jennifer. Disregarding the scorn And once it was broken and spilled out A fragrance filled all the room Like a prisoner released from his shackles Like a spirit set free from the tomb Broken and spilled out Just for love of you, Jesus My own precious treasure Let me
spilled out and used up for thee Whatever it takes to be yours, Lord Whatever it takes to be clean just can't live without your sweet approval No matter what that may mean I throw myself at your feet, Lord Broken by your love for me of total commitment be the only defense that I need broken and spilled out just for love of you Most precious treasure lavished on thee, broken and spilled out, and poured at your feet. precious treasure his loved his own perfect son sent here to show us the love of the father yes just for love it was done and though you were perfect and holy you gave up yourself willingly you spared no expense for my pardon you were broken and used up for me Just for love of me, Jesus, God's most precious treasure, lavished on me.
And you 